0: You're listening to Under the Shell Podcast,
1: the best in America. Welcome to Under the Shell, presented by Testudo Times. I'm Brendan Weissel. Sam Jane, Michael Howes, Big Mike, <laughs> Big Mike. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, let's get into the show. This is the first ever episode of Under the Shell where I was not present at the interview. So little bit sad there but we'll back from stanford
2: so he uh he has a great looking tan we're not a visual podcast but you you can see um but yeah brennan was not on but ryan howerton was uh four-star offensive lineman recruit for maryland football um you better hope he's good because the current state of maryland football is not uh obviously a tough tough loss against northwestern we talked with ryan about that among other things um so give it a listen
3: Our next guest is a 6'4", 295-pound, four-star offensive tackle commit to the University of Maryland. If you've been on Twitter, you've probably seen him around, commenting and posting Terp stuff. He is the Mountain Ryan Howerton. Ryan, welcome on to the show. We're so happy to have you on. Appreciate
0: you guys for having me, man. I, I seen the list of guys you had. I had to go add on to it. Uh,
3: yeah. I guess yeah. the first question has to be, how did you get the nickname The Mountain?
0: Every time, man. (laughs) Uh, it was during COVID and we was all during from my high school, my my freshman year was COVID. So when we was first doing the first team workouts, we was all on Zoom meetings. So we would be working out, working out, and one day I just had my phone like real close to my face. Like we was doing push ups and it was like real close. Like he was in my shirt while I was doing the push ups. So he was like our head coach was like, dang, he's taking up the old screen. Our old line coach just blurted out like, yeah, he's like a mountain on the screen. And it just never left. That And
3: that was your coaches at Pilates? Yeah. So kind of take taking it back to Pilates, taking it before high school in general, kind of tell us about your football journey. When did you start? When did you realize that you're really good? Tell us your football story.
0: Uh, I've been watching football my whole life. I some of my earliest memories was random, but it was washing a car and my dad was throwing me a football for the first time. I remember catching it with my whole body, praying it didn't fall. And I've just been a football fan ever since. And I remember I was, I think, eight or nine years old when I first wanted to start playing because in our uh, elementary school, they passed out a paper that was just like, join the Westfield Gators, so my first ever team I played for. And the jerseys was just too sweet to pass up on. I was begging my dad, begging my dad. He said no for the first time and I was just hard And then after I think maybe a year, he finally let me join a team. Uh, uh play for two two or three youth teams. Three youth teams during my youth years. Wesleyan Gators, the Marvel Mustangs. And there was a depth of Marvel Mustangs where the O line coach from Pilates, Coach Keith, he kinda found me and he was like, Yeah, if you come to Pilates, I can turn him into a D one athlete. So, shoot, apparently that was all the reinforcement. We needed to go there. Went to Pilates, started freshman year. Apparently freshman year, fun fact, I had a Maryland off for of my freshman year that I didn't know about until my junior year. So it kind of made me not like Maryland for a little bit because I was like seeing all these freshman guys and I was like, they're getting bags before me. I'm doing more than – but apparently I had it the whole time. So I'm bad at it. Just – Coach Brooks, Elijah Brooks, he works with VTech now. He just came in one day and he was like, yeah, man, we're checking up on you. You know you have an offer, right? And I was like, what? I almost resent y'all for not giving me this offer this long, man. He was like, yeah, you have an offer from us, man. You never knew? Man. Well, yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it was. What about, so- you know, you're going through the process and obviously you kind of were, um, you kind of came down to what, Pitt? uh was va in there and then maryland were those what were the top three uh top
0: three was maryland pittsburgh and west virginia
2: west virginia okay yeah my bad so then you kind of get you choose maryland right but what what about the school was it was it kind of the idea of you know instant playing time because of you know the the o-line and kind of the graduation was it you know the the style of offense like what was the number one deciding factor at umd
0: uh, to be honest, it was really Coach Locks. Uh, we got to—I got to have a little one-on-one time with him. He was talking with me, and he was just talking about his vision. He was talking about his vision of like moving black coaches and black people forward. And he was talking to me about how he changed the whole program around. And he was just telling me everything. And when he was saying that, I was like, I could really relate to this. Like he grew up the way I grew up. He had the same experiences I had. So once he was talking to me about that. It just felt like I was at home while I was at home. So it was too much to pass up on. How How important was
2: it for you to have a black coach as, you know, as your head coach? Um, was that something where, you know, that was one of, well, on your rankings? Because obviously the coach disparity from, you know, from Caucasian men to African-American men, there's obviously a big difference between players. So how much of a benefit is that and how much do you guys – you know talk about that the importance of hey, like I'm playing for someone who you know kind of knows a little more where I'm coming from and, and things like that
0: uh to be honest, it wasn't as important for me. I was more focused on what coach has gone, what coach has the same vision I have, which is right being making me into the best person possible, not just seeing me as a unit or somebody I can throw on the field to get more money like it was just about seeing who really wanted me for me. And the way coach a lot, and then it was just all about the way Coach Locks was speaking to me, and yeah, it, it wasn't the biggest factor, but the relatability didn't obviously come in when he was talking to me about what you saw from me. So,
3: what? Were I some would of say of those it was other. The- Go on. Sorry.
0: Now nah, you, I would say it wasn't the biggest factor, but
3: what are some of those other factors that kind of you know played a part in you choosing Maryland?
0: Uh. The offensive line coach, Coach Braswell, he he holds weight in the offensive line community. I know that's a real small community; not a lot of people know about that community. But he holds weight in that offensive line community. When uh, he was talking to me about the different places he's coached at and the different teams he's coached with, and I was talking on my official visit to DJ Glaze and Spencer Anderson, he came back to one of the games and he was talking to me. He was like, "Yeah, when I went to." Uh, Practice and told about Coach Brad, like they jumped up, they see a little bit, like they knew what he was capable of. So that I also played a factor too. That was probably one of the biggest factors for me.
3: Kind of run us through your official visit a little bit. You know, you know, you told us you had that one on one talk, Coach Locks and all that, but what were some of the other stuff you know, that they had you do? Where did they take you around? Did they, obviously, they probably took you to the stadium, they did the photo shoot and all that. What were some of the stuff that you guys did?
0: Uh, personally when we got there we had uh, Coach Preston to walk with us yeah, kind of guide us around and I feel like honestly that was one of the biggest factors that me committed to when the way he was talking to me too but yeah the, they had us walking around you know going around uh, the hotel talking with us feeding us like every other official visit but when it came down to eating as like an entire group uh, we actually got to sit with Coach Locks. So we was talking with the one on one, that kinda of was going into the commitment while I was talking about that. We were sitting with him one on one with his wife at the dinner table just talking He FaceTimed uh Oh, what's his name? That you remember it? Uh, Channing Crowder? Channing Crowder, yeah. Yeah, he FaceTimed Channing Crowder right at the dinner table so and we could he talk was to so him.
2: Funny.
0: Just literally, so literally same thing. He told me he was like, Oh, this is a big youngin', like you had his laughing already, hey, but hey. yeah, he was uh, He FaceTimed him at the table like, yeah, our our official visit was a little different than everybody else's. We had like a little special. We was a little special.
2: Well, what was the conversation with my Channing Crowder? Because, man, I see his podcast. He's funny as shit.
0: He FaceTimed. Well, Coach Locks FaceTimed him just to talk to him. I don't remember who brought it up, but he was like, I just remember we was talking about like what we watched for fun. And we was just like, yeah, we all watched the, uh, what was it called? One Day Was All Together. Just I am athlete. We was all talking, yeah. We was talking about, yeah. We all watch I am athlete. He was like, oh, y'all watch I am athlete. I will call Channing right now, called him, and the first thing Channing said was, "What's up, you fat?" Uh, I can't say the rest on this podcast, but but he, yeah. On the second he Facetime, he was hilarious. He called me. He was like, "How tall you was, big young?" He was like, "I was like, yeah, six five. He was like, "Oh yeah, like you need him real bad." Like he was just good advice from the moment he got on the phone. So that was a little crazy. It was kind of surreal.
2: That's hilarious. So I got to ask, like, obviously football is the number one plan, but, you know, when you're kind of picking college, first of all, what are you interested outside of football, like off the field in terms of like academics and, and other things? And then how much of a factor does that play at all? Or are you kind of just like zeroed in on, hey, like, obviously the NFL is the goal, but like some guys are locked in completely on that versus others. I think maybe are more committed to the idea of like, hey, I like I want a backup plan. I need to get a degree that type of joint.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I plan on majoring in uh, journalism. I want to do sports journalism. Hey. I to be... Exactly, man. That's why, that's one of the reasons I came on. But I yes, to sports sir.
1: Journalism.
0: Uh, that was, that's really going to be my major. And yeah, I'm kind of zeroed in on the NFL, but I'm also like realistic. So I know like, even if you make it to the NFL, it's about what's after the NFL. Even if you don't make it to the NFL, it's about being around the NFL. Because I love football that much, so uh yes yeah, definitely something that's in my head to be like okay let's get something rolling get something that you really want to be in for the rest of your life and when i've realized that it actually was football i was like yeah i want to be around this so i chose sports journalism
3: kind of getting back to your recruiting visits a little bit um how did maryland kind of compare to other visits that you took and is there like a craziest or funniest recruiting story that you have Something, you know, maybe a funny pitch that they gave you, something that happened on a visit? Uh, I was,
0: if I can be honest, the craziest visit was West Virginia. They rolled out the red car. They want to meet real wow. bad. What they, they do? Like, I'm talking about I walked into the room. It was, they ordered like, you know how like you can get like trays of like chicken wings? Like we had like three of those in our room, full pizza. Like they ordered everything for us. We was just walking around. We was Got to ride on uh, the head coach of West Virginia's boat. Like, that was crazy. But I would say probably the funniest moment was when we were at Pittsburgh for our official visit, and we was all waiting to uh, take pictures, and I was in the uniform, and Coach Powell, running back coach of Pittsburgh, he pulls his phone out, and he goes, hey, just call him. Just tell me when to call him. And I look at his phone, and it just says Michael Loxley. And I'm like, oh, oh, he wants me to tell him I'm not going. So that was probably the funniest moment that we had. But uh... You're going on these
2: visits, and now there's so much money in them. How much do they talk about, like, NI? Obviously, they talk about it a lot, I assume. But what are the conversations you have about NIL? and How much of a difference did it make to you? Um, And then once you answer that, how much do you know of a difference it makes to other players? Because we know a lot of players, like the high-profile ones, that's sometimes the number one factor. Was that it, what yeah. it was for you, t-
0: uh, nah I would say NILs definitely wasn't the number one factor. I don't feel like I wanna be a type of player that could just be like bought out or could just be bought to play for a team and not really worry about uh being developed. But of course it was a topic because it's all the rave right now. So we talked about it for a little bit and it was just talking to me about like knowing my own worth in a sense. Saying like, Yeah, we know your worth. We know we're not gonna try and to say, put it like that, short-changing, basically. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, like, my main focus at all when I was coming into recruiting because all the schools are going to get you a number, but it's not set in stone so you go there. They could say anything, and it's gone the next day. Like, the uh, quarterback that got promised $13 million and now yeah, he was just in the transfer portal. So, like, it wasn't really, like, any focus of mine. But it was definitely something yeah. that they tried to bring up.
2: What about other guys that, like, you tried to bring to Maryland? Have you had conversation with dudes where they're like, listen, man, like, I just want a bag. You know what I mean? Because I, you see that in articles, kids talking.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to say no names, but one of the guys was like, yo, do y'all get paid at Maryland? And I was like, that's all you care about, bro? Like, honestly, that's all you care about? And he was like, that's not all I care about, but you know how it goes. We all got problems and stuff. So I was like, of course we get paid at Maryland. Are you crazy? No one, I don't know if we get paid at Maryland or not. I'm just saying that's what he commits. But, yeah, that was really the really one. There was only like one or two guys who was really worried about the numbers. Everybody else was worried about development.
3: I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit. You talking with other recruits because we can see it on Twitter. You be calling out some kids sometimes. And then, you know, what is it like for you when you're talking to a player who might have already committed somewhere or who still hasn't? What are you trying to tell them to be like, hey, Maryland is the spot to be. Like, I'm committed here. I love this place. Like, this is the spot. What is your recruiting pitch?
0: Uh, play for a coach with a vision. A lot of these coaches will talk to you and they'll hype you up, and then you'll get there and you'll just be another kid on the depth chart or you'll just be another number to them. Play for a coach who can see the best in you and play for a coach who wants what's best for you. A lot of coaches will just tell you what you want to hear. Oh, yeah, you're an NFL superstar. You're guaranteed to make it. If you come with us, we guarantee you're a first-round pick. And you're going to get $46 million in NIL deals from games. We love it here. But honestly, it's like play for a coach that's going to keep it honest with you, that's going to tell you what you need to hear, and it's going to get you better. And if you have an opportunity, he's going to, he's not going to stop you from the opportunity. He's going to help you chase the opportunity. And, you
3: know, kind of second part to that is you're – I would say you're probably, like, the most passionate Maryland commit. Like, all over Twitter, I see you doing the, the the best as a head hashtag. Like, why are you so passionate about Maryland? Because that really sets you apart from, like, a bunch of other high school players that I see. You're, like, consistently promoting and tweeting out stuff about the college you're going to be playing for. I
0: don't know. I just – I don't know. So I feel like it's just a thing about me where it's, like, if I do something, I'm going to do it all the way. Like, at this point in my life, like, if I'm going to commit to something, I'm going to commit to it all the way. It's like I committed to getting good grades in school. Now I'm a 4.0 kid. I committed to playing football, trying to go D1. Now I'm a D1 prospect. Like, it's just something where it's just like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not going to half do it and then complain when I get there. Oh, we don't have these guys or we don't have those guys. Talk to those guys. Sometimes all you need is a little push. And you can have whatever you want in life. You just got to go out and look for it. So I'm, no, I'm not, I'm fine. I look for it. I'm talking to the same guys around.
2: Me. I got to ask. So you keep the, the vision is clearly something that you've talked about, but I guess for Maryland fans, the vision isn't really rosy right now, especially after the loss to Northwestern lost Illinois, oh, you know, God. as, as a recruit, it's got to be frustrating to see like especially a team that um you know was hyped up to be you know one of the best the Maryland's had. Just take me through what are your reactions been? What have other recruits reactions been? Good. I mean they have to be there has to be some negativity. It can't all just be rosy, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh my first reaction when there was the first couple of games was that we were starting slow and then we would pick it up at the end. And then it was I think the game before Ohio State we started fast, and then we slowed down at the end. And it was right after that game, I called Coach Braz, and I was like, yo, we're going into Ohio State. This is the recruit game. This is the game everybody's going to be at. I knew there was a couple of DMV guys who were going to be at Ohio State to watch this game. So I'm like, yo, if we can start the way we start started last week and we can finish the way we've been finishing all season, this is it. This is the year. I'm tweeting out Natty Boys. I'm tweeting out when are we going to – Uh, after all the apologies over the national championship. And it's been a little heartbreaking. It's been a little heartbreaking, especially since this team, I thought we would be able to beat. Even with Ohio State, I thought we were going to be able to beat them too, especially the way we started. But it's been a little heartbreaking. I've been talking to a couple guys who kind of fell off the boat a little bit or who were maybe – Further on the boat, we were 5-0, and oh, and then they see the numbers kind of drop off, and they look at the other schools that's recruiting them, and they go, oh, maybe these guys have a better record, or maybe it's a better opportunity over here. So it's not obviously not all rosy, but I feel like the guys who are committed the same way I'm committed to being a better man, they they can see through a loss. They can see through how a team uh, plays. They can see through how a team first gets into a, a problem they can find out how they react they can find out how the coaching staff will react and they can see uh what's really best for them
2: have you ever had like thoughts of like or have you heard you do not have to say name but like thoughts about like a decommitment um when stuff goes bad because it's got to be someone in the back of your mind especially when you're kind of rising into the rankings and, and you have options available
0: man can i be honest I tweet so much about Maryland. These schools don't even want me no more, man. I'm looking <laughs> like a coach. Man. They don't even want me no more. All my other teammates talking about, oh, yeah, I'm still getting recruited by this school, so and so. These guys been texting me all day. I had to shut down my recruitment. I ain't texted a coach since July 15th, the day I committed. So. Hey, I I like, you got no other yeah. options. I don't have to worry about that, but I'd have to yeah. go out my way to commit. I got you.
2: It's like, what's that saying? Burn the burn the sails and don't, or lock us in a room and don't let anybody else come out. You're locked in on Maryland. how <laughs> you got mm-hmm. options are limited. Um, too- but Ryan, I gotta we got I gotta ask a couple rapid fire questions for you. Okay, so
0: um,
2: we're just, I'm just gonna bang you with like ten questions. Just give me one word, two word answers. All right. I got. You. All right. Where's the place on Maryland's campus you're most excited to see?
0: Coach Locker's office.
2: Oh, okay. What about uh, what what's the funniest tweet you ever had?
0: Uh, telling Gabe to flip my teammate.
2: How uh, how much of an offense – are you? A run blocking O lineman, or are you like pass blocking?
0: Oh, I love pass blocking.
2: What's one quarterback right now in the country, college or high school, that you'd want to play with the most? And you cannot say Talia.
0: Malik Washington. I need him to commit.
2: He tough. What's about one thing about an O lineman that you think people don't know that they should know more about? We're the smartest players on the field. Which is your favorite Maryland jersey? I was begging for the yellow, so I got to say yellow. Oh, the yellows! Yeah, which team are you most? Which team are you most excited to play in the Big Ten? Ohio State. And which school, no matter how much money they offered you, how much playing time, whatever, would you just be like, "Nah, I can't see myself there. I can't go there."
0: Probably Ole Miss, because like, what am I going to do in Mississippi? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not made for Mississippi.
2: Yeah, well, you saw how they did Michael Orr too, so that there's that as well. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, Ryan. We appreciate you uh, uh, coming on. Um, you know, obviously, everyone, all the Maryland community likes following along, and you make uh, you make guys like ours jobs easier because we get we kind of know where you're at. So we appreciate that, and um, have a good rest of your senior season, my
0: man. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all just inspired me to keep striving to be a sports journalist, man. I'm going to be like y'all one day.
3: Thank okay, you, Ryan. Hey, and we look forward to seeing you on the field next year. That's right. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll be back with another one when I'm on the field.
2: You heard Ryan talk about the future of the program. and Guys, but we have to start at the present. Um, there's not really many words I can say other than that just was probably one of the most disgusting performances I've seen from a Maryland team not just football, but team
3: in a long time. Um, first off, I want to start by apologizing to Mike. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, you want to go to the present, I want to go to the past real quick and go four <laughs> weeks ago where I said they were a fraudulent 5-0 team heading into Columbus. And look where we are now, 0 and 3 cents. So he kept, he kept receipts and he cashed them.
2: Um, that, uh, there's nothing really to say other than you were right. Brendan, where do you even start with a loss like that? I mean, it tanks the whole season. And not only does it feel like it tanks the season, it kind of, I think, puts a darker cloud on the future of the program, Um, a loss like that. You don't want to overreact, but when you lose back-to-back games against two of the worst teams in the Big Ten West, um, there's kind of nothing to be said that um, isn't an overreaction.
1: I don't necessarily think they were a fraudulent 5-0, but that's maybe a slightly different discussion. Specifically, the Northwestern game, We all were talking about it. I I listened back to what we said last week, and we were all pretty confident that Maryland was going to take that game. But it kind of goes back to what we saw in some of those early games against Charlotte and and Virginia, where if Maryland does not start fast, they are not a team that's going to win coming back in a game. We've seen that against Illinois. It's not going to happen. You know, the Ohio State game, I think, early on, gave Maryland fans a little bit of hope just because they were up in that game early, you know played a very strong first half. If Maryland goes down early in the next four games, they're going to go all in four.
3: Well, you, you know, I think the biggest problem isn't going down early because they had two first quarter touchdowns. I think the problem is how the offense looks really good at moments and then it just has its spurts where it does absolutely nothing. Against Ohio State, they didn't score in the final 26 minutes. They didn't score for 20 minutes against Illinois between the second and third quarters. And then after they scored their second touchdown against Northwestern, they would only manage two more field goals until the final three forty-two, where where Sean Jones got that touchdown. Like, they need more consistency throughout the game. It just can't be, you know, touchdown, touchdown, nothing for 20 minutes, touchdown. Like, they need that consistency throughout.
1: And then Maryland, at the end of the Northwestern game, has a chance to win the game. The defense puts them in a position to win the game. Whether Maryland should have been in that position To begin with isn't really worth talking about but maryland has a chance to win that game and i think good football teams find a way to win that game you know they're gonna make the catch on the sideline the the throw over the middle is gonna be accurate bad football teams aren't gonna win that game and i think that's exactly what we saw against Northwestern.
2: that's such a good point because every team has a clunker of a game right like you're not gonna play a perfect 12 game season right no, no team does. Even like Georgia from 2022, well, like they had bad games. You have to find a way to win. And like as corny as that sounds, it is true. Like if Maryland had come away with a sloppy win, but they got a last-second drive, like and you know that catch on the sideline. I think it was Ty Felton makes the catch, or they hit Corey Deitch just over the middle. Like that stuff where if it ends up happening and Maryland wins, people are still frustrated, right? We're still talking about how they don't look good, all this. But at the end of the day, you're not as worried about the state of the program, which I think says a lot, A, about college football fans, just because, like, how close, like, points can swing feelings and jobs and all that stuff. But it also says at the end of the day that, that they're just an undisciplined team, right? Like, I mean, you don't have as many penalties as Maryland does. You don't have a lack of a run game as bad as Maryland does. And if you're not necessarily, like, going to compete for Big Ten championships which they're not even close and Loxley said as much today um, recording on Tuesday in his press conference and I mean that the game is just the tip of the iceberg right I mean the past two weeks have just been a like complete joke like a bleep show I mean your assistant head coach gets a DUI you lose to Northwestern and Illinois your uh, offensive coordinator is getting mentioned in a sign stealing scandal as much as like that has and then now today you have a A highly regarded transfer from last year who just leaves the program so it's like obviously like things are not going well in College Park it's on a downturn I mean I guess my question is and and this is big picture stuff we can kind of probably get into more as the season winds down but how much of a jolt would like a win over Penn State or Michigan be or would that I mean it's not likely but does that change how people view this season or is it still the same aspect of okay we beat one of them but we still lost you know three pretty awful
1: teams the issue is those games are now saving the season if maryland beats penn state that pretty much saves the whole season i mean going in to face one of the top 10 ish teams and the uh, they, penn state comes in here comes into maryland they beat one of the top i don't know 10 teams in the country That's a huge resurgence for the program. Maryland basically in football never beats ranked teams and basically never beats ranked teams in the top 10. If Maryland can beat Penn State, that's a huge program win. But the sour taste in your mouth from a game like Illinois or Northwestern or Maryland is supposed to win, it's just too much to ask for. So, I mean, yeah, I would totally turn the way the season is looked at. But overall, just those two games are so frustrating.
2: Mike, I guess then the question I posed to you is, I mean, we were talking about them potentially competing for a Big Ten title, and now the question is, do they even make a bowl game? Um, so I guess if it comes down to it, you got Penn State at home, then at Nebraska, who's playing good football now, home versus Michigan, and then at Rutgers, who also is playing good football. What is their record, and do they even make a bowl game?
3: I do think they make a bowl game. I think they finish 7-5, and five, wins against Nebraska and Rutgers, or I still think it's very likely. As unpredictable as the season has gone with the highs of the highs of the 5-0 and start to the lows of the lows of the last three weeks for them, I still think as unpredictable as they've been, the craziest thing would be them beating the Michigan or Penn State. Now, to add on to it, I think people need to take a little bit of a step back for a second. If they go you know if they finish 7 and 5 this year this would be the first time since 2003 that's Ralph Friesen era 2003 that the program has had a winning season in three straight years so i think people need to have a little bit of a reality check realize where this program has been before loxley and just be grateful that we have a coach in a winning you know position right now kind of putting the program back where it was friesen era before they brought in edsel i
2: disagree completely um i get I get
3: the idea of
2: yeah, like you got to look at program context, but at the end of the day, you can't talk like you want to compete for Big Ten championships, and you can't pay Loxley the salary he does if you want to be a mediocre Big Ten school. You're not paying Loxley the like the money that he is, or the type of um, things that they talk about. If you're going to be a Northwestern or an Illinois, yes, the program it would be three winning seasons of what like 7 and 5, 8 and 4 and then the year before 7 and 5. It I don't think at the end of the day you're looking for that. Like that no fan is jumping for joy with a bowl game appearance in Boca Raton, Florida. You know, like at the end of the day if you're going to talk in preseason media like hey, we're ready to compete for Big 10 championships, we have the talent, you know, you're bringing back top Quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten, you're bringing back probably a first-round draft pick and Jay Sean Barnum. Like the you have the pieces. Maryland football isn't delivering. I don't think that just taking the overall picture. Yes, I think people need to take a step back and the calls for Loxley to be fired, like that's that's kind of ridiculous. But to say, like, oh, people should just be grateful because of how bad things were, I don't think you can compare the two. Like, should Michigan fans be grateful because you know, Jim Harbaugh, when he was going eight and four, and because the program was bad under Brady Hoke and them, I know it's not the same apples to apples, but it's the same idea,
3: right? You. Strive- I would much rather take this over two seven and six seasons and losses in the Military Bowl and Foster Farms Bowl. I'm just going to say that. I'd rather take where the program is now than where it was in the 2010s.
2: But you have to have an upwards trajectory as a program, though. It And they've just, it seems like they've plateaued. And that's not... Plateauing usually means then you're on the road for decline. And that's where I think people are worried is when are they going to get better? Talia leaves after this season. Are you going to get a quarterback as good as him here? What has the recruiting been like? It's not like they're pulling in these great classes. I think people were more so like, okay, this is our peak. Like we should have a good peak. Now it seems like it's like plateauing and we're we're on the decline if you're a Maryland fan.
1: I would actually argue that Maryland has not had a winning season in the past three years. Do you want to call these quote out of conference wins against Towson and Charlotte and Virginia, a winning season? I mean, the past three years, Maryland has not had a winning record in conference play and they're going forward with who the big 10 has brought in. Unless something dramatic changes. They're not going to have a winning record in conference play. So to say that team is actually on an upward trajectory with three quote, winning seasons with wins against, you know, I don't know, you want to look at 2021 with wins against Howard and Kent State. These games and, and you know, going to win these Mickey Mouse bowl games where they play Virginia Tech who didn't start half their team. And they they
3: play... beat it. Be... The Mayo Bowl is a solid bowl game to absolutely, be in. That's got to be the best one since the
1: Absolutely not a legitimate football game because NC State ranked really win. If, if that's a ranked win, then I don't know what you were talking about, NC State didn't really play most of their team, their quarterback didn't really play. And that was just an ugly football game to watch. So to say that there's a been a huge, you know, three winning seasons with you gotta look at who they beat. And really a lot of those wins are coming out of conference against teams that are awful.
3: So then what are they supposed to do? So if this team has peaked and they're about to decline, what do they do? Because what's the solution? Do you fire Loxley? just like you know same treatment as Frigian bringing a new guy and then you know it's a gamble does that guy's culture pay off the way Loxley rebuilt his program after a tragedy
2: like i don't think you fire a lot. i don't think anybody is calling for that it's more so just discussing the reality that this it, it it's a dark couple weeks for the program like and i think that no one is saying or people should not be saying like oh Loxley needs to go or or things like that but you have to call a, a buck one a like call it like a hundred like like let's keep it real it's not acceptable to lose to northwestern illinois and you're probably i don't think they're going to make a bowl game i think they lose to nebraska and i think they could lose to Rutgers. and that's just with the roster they have that is not acceptable a point blank period like you can't you can't do that not in the season where you're talking at media day like oh we're ready to compete for big 10 championships
3: and like so you and it's if a you great call on a coaching problem, then if the roster is good and they're not doing the results that they should be. I don't know. I'm not in the like, I'm not in the building.
2: They called out the players. So maybe their roster isn't as talented as what they were hyping it up to be. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, it, it with the amount of money college football coaches make, it falls back on the coaches. And so, I mean, we've talked about it enough. M- me and Brendan were on the side of they were good heading into the five and now and Mike was on the opposite. And now we flip. So you never know. But. At the, I think we can all agree that this Northwestern loss, I think, really just like it tanked the season. No matter they're not, they're probably not beating Penn State. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Like, and they're not beating Michigan, if I had to guess. And so then it comes down to: do, Are you going to play in some garbage bowl game? You know.
1: Yeah. With all that being said, the narrative of the senior can completely change if Maryland understand. beats Penn State or Michigan. It's. An insane, insanely yeah. different perspective we're talking about now. I just think that's unlikely. I think the other thing you're talking about, what's the issue? Discipline, all that. And, you know, you brought it up earlier. Where does that start? I think it partially starts with the quarterback. I think Talia has not been very disciplined in these past two games, putting, instead of putting Maryland in positions to win the game, he puts them in positions to lose the game. And that's why they lost against yeah. Illinois Northwestern.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's just a ton of problems and and you you have to hope if you're Maryland that it all comes together for one game against Penn State. But, um, you know, I think it just people are happy that uh, we're getting closer to basketball season is uh, is where we're at.
1: So the Penn State line is around 10, 10.5 points, um, Penn State being favored. I think we can all agree that's ridiculous. So where would you put the line?
3: Do we all agree on that?
2: I would I would say 14 and a half at state. Mike is feeling Maryland.
3: I don't know. Like what is, what are your odds I don't know. I I'll wait till the future pick segments for, for us to talk about the line for that game. But right. well I look think back's against the wall. Everybody's downing them. They bring out the gold script jerseys. It's a fairy tale in the making.
2: When Mike is feeling uh, feeling an upset bringing in College Park, um, I think me and Brendan are a little less optimistic, and I think fans in College Park are a little less optimistic, but they're excited for basketball season. It's getting closer two weeks away. Uh, The men's men's team just released some pretty sick New Jerseys. Uh, Quick thoughts on those before we uh, kind of move into the women's side where there's a little more news going on. Brendan, I know you're a big Jersey aficionado. What were your thoughts? Um, I have a hot take about them, so I want to hear what you have to say first.
1: The jerseys are freaking sick. What are they doing playing them, using them in a game over vacation? That makes no sense. Whoever decided that made a bad decision.
3: Yeah. I love the retro looks that they've taken this year. However, I got to say the Under Armour block in the middle of the collar for them, it looks terrible. Who who designed that? Just put it on the side. Kevin Plank, baby.
2: Um, I my hot take is I think they're the best jersey that any Maryland team wears. And that was I was gonna ask that question real quick. Really quick. What is your favorite Maryland jersey of any sport?
1: I just think the red football strip
3: is the best. Um uh, probably basketball gold rush. Just cause I don't know. Thinking about it, it was like my first big game at the Xfinity Center. Jameer hits the shot against Illinois, like a lot of good memories with those jerseys. My sleeper
2: is the black soccer ones. Those are tough. I love those jerseys. I think they look really good. Um, but anyway, on to the women's basketball team, who a uh, little bit more news. They played another um, exhibition game. Um, definitely a closer closer match. Um, Mike, what were your big takeaways from that? They went 2-0, and, and then their season starts next Monday on November six against Harvard. Um you know, really quick, what did you what did you see in the exhibition games, um, and then what are you looking forward to uh, come 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 the sixth?
3: Uh, why it was close, probably because they were playing a D one team this time, not a D two team. Um, but what did I take out of it? I said last week that I think that Shakia Brown Turner could have an Abby Myers level impact. Um, past weekend, the game on Sunday kind of reiterated that thought for me. Uh, She led the team with 15 points. She was a leading scorer there, had 10 points the first game. She's clearly aggressive, getting comfortable with the squad. She brings over a lot of scoring prowess from NC State. And then the other thing I got to say is Riley Nelson's going to be really, really good by the end of this year. Um, She had over 20 points the first exhibition game, only eight the second, but you can see Freese's play in her minutes. I believe she played like 18 minutes. She's going to see minutes, more minutes than any freshman in recent history. So very excited to see that. Sam, were you at the game? Did you see anything? I was, but I did read, I read a bunch about
2: it. Um, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to say like as many takeaways from the preseason just because I wasn't there. Um, But I agree on what she said about Riley. I think she's kind of, as the season progresses, she'll come into her own and um, I'm just ready for the season. I don't really. We talked about it all last week. I don't really have much to say. I'm just excited to see how this kind of new group forms, and I think it's going to be kind of a roller coaster year. But I think that they'll be in the hunt, which um, is exciting to is exciting to watch. Um, yeah, get
3: some games going. They kind of build build off that roller coaster a little bit. I definitely think that this team is going to start slow. Um, new faces are going to be new roles for everybody. It's not going to be perfect. That's first. I'd expect Harvard to be closer than people think. I still think they'll come away with it. But first game of the season, new rotations and everything. Sam, do you agree?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I um, I tend to think that Harvard might give them some trouble early on and they'll kind of they'll cruise out. But um, I'm excited. And one thing I can guarantee is that they are not going to finish last in the Big Ten. Um, but I can't say that about the men's soccer team. 06 and two record. Uh, Brendan, what can
1: you even say? Ugly, pretty darn ugly. Um, not not a season to remember for men's soccer. Um, they were competitive in, in, in a ton of games, but they just really couldn't win. All their wins this year came at home for a team that started ranked in Big Ten favorites. It's a major disappointment. Um, you know, they they beat a top 10 team early in the season, beat UNC Greensboro. They're also now on rank like very odd season. The Georgetown game which is usually one of the biggest games of the season lightning canceled. Season's over Still for weird. men's soccer, but it was very weird, Sam. I agree, but time to Wait. rethink and get back to it.
2: Yeah, I got some young players um which will be which is going to be kind of I think a future for the for the program definitely. One thing you can say is they developed some young guys that I think will have pretty good futures here in College Park. So that's, I guess, the only positive you can really take away from from the uh, from the season for the men's soccer boys, but they will not be participating in the Big Ten tournament, um, which leaves one team left, because women's soccer is not either, uh, that'll be in the Big Ten turn- conference tournament, and that's the field hockey team. Uh, Mike, they lost to Northwestern in kind of a I think a reality check almost um, for where where they kind of stand in the national rankings, but still overall a good season. And now they get to play number six seated i or number six ranked Iowa um, on Thursday. What are you expecting from that game? And, and kind of take us through where you think Mahar's squad is at at this point in the year.
3: All right. So they lost to Northwestern, the number one team in the nation uh, last week. That puts their conference record at six and two. They finished third in the Big Ten. And now looking forward to Thursday's game against Iowa, they faced Iowa just a couple weeks ago, a little under two weeks ago, in College Park. They beat them 4-1. Things going to be a lot closer this week. Um, it's going to be a lot more familiarity between the two sides, especially since they played so recently. Iowa is on a little bit of a cold streak. They've dropped three of their last six games all to rank teams. You already know that Maryland's ranked. Meanwhile, Maryland was on a seven-game winning streak before dropping the finale against Northwestern, like you said. So Maryland just kind of needs to do what they did the last time to Iowa, and that's get the offense scoring quickly. They scored two goals against them in the first quarter of the last time. When they don't get off to a good offensive start, that's when they begin to the falter, just like that game against Northwestern last week. They were already down 3-0 in the second quarter when they got their first goal, and they didn't even attempt a shot in the first.
2: Yeah, I mean, they got to they gotta figure it out, um, bounce back, which I think they will. So um, be a fun game to watch. I'll definitely be tuning in on Thursday, kind of see where they're at. Maybe they'll get a rematch with Northwestern in the finals. Um,
3: so. That would be the nightmare for them. They lost to Northwestern last year in the Big Ten tournament, and then in the Final Four, they do not want to face Northwestern. That's the one team on the Harg's list. She's like, I do not want to play them. They're tired of the Wildcats. Every Maryland team is football, field hockey. Shit, the bowling
2: team's probably going to lose to Northwestern next week. So um, they get Iowa on Thursday. Definitely will be a fun one to tune into. Um, and they kind of have their little stretch run that is coming down to the, the end here, and so does volleyball, our next team and final team of fall sports that we're going to be talking about. Nebraska cooked them. Uh, they then cooked Iowa. So that leaves a trip to Michigan to play both the Michigan teams. They pretty much got to win both of these, Brendan. Um, what are the chances of that? And then, do you think that that puts them in the Big Ten tournament and and a chance to or and the NCAA tournament and a chance to compete, or is that kind of unlikely? You think that they go two and zero in in and Eastland?
1: We talked about it a couple weeks ago. What record I think Maryland would need to have to make the NCAA tournament? I think it's really unlikely. The thing that hurts them is that the big 10 does not sponsor a women's volleyball tournament so they play a lot of in-season games but you know you know an automatic way to get it in most sports would be to win that tournament volleyball doesn't have that going to play michigan state this weekend michigan state is six and six michigan is two and ten both very winnable games but because they're on the road i'm going to predict another one and one weekend with a loss to michigan state that will win against michigan um just to put it in perspective right now there's a lot of rankings but one of the good rankings to go by is just the RPI ranking so Maryland's 92nd Michigan State is 82nd and Michigan is 187th so Maryland with a good chance to win one of those games but with Maryland being so far back in those rankings and also just kind of buried in the Big 10 standings they would need a huge turnaround um you know they're in the middle of the Big 10 standings um near the bottom but it would be really tough for them to make the NCAA tournament, but as many games they can win in play and also as many games as they can get, maybe steal against ranked teams, just helps continue to build momentum for this program. And uh, I don't think an NCAA bid is in the cards for this year. Hey, I mean, 64 teams make it. They they have to climb a good bit, but it's not completely out of the question, but I would say, I would call it unlikely.
3: So I was looking at the schedule earlier. They have eight games left three against currently ranked opponents if they go 10 and 10 in conference play what does that put their record at is that not good enough to
1: i don't think it's good enough in? no i don't think it's good enough i mean they only had a couple of losses outside of of conference play but you know it's hard to give a uh, a valid bid for the Big 10 tournament when didn't really beat that many great Big 10 teams or for the ncaa tournament but yeah I, I don't i don't think it's gonna happen
2: yeah uh they have to i think they'd have to knock off one of those ranked teams and then go two and oh i think the michigan state game's kind of key
1: if they lose that yeah score, that's, I, hey, I mean if they take care of business against every non-ranked team and you know win one or two ranked games maybe it's a different story but i don't think Probably i think not. i think it's unlikely but i think the program is in the right direction so yeah
2: Still, clearly, I think you can say this te- this season was a relative success. Which at least they say.
1: win conference games, unlike soccer, I mean.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. At least you can say that they, they won some Big Ten games, um, and and that's kind of uh, where we're at with the fall sports teams. Not usually the most rosy outlook here uh, in College Park, but um, that's it for fall sports. Is I'll tell good? you
3: somebody who hasn't been winning games is me and the picks. <laughs> What about the Big
2: Mike special?
3: Yeah, the the Big Mike parlay last week went out with three. um a, a little, fall. yeah, it's a, it's a free fall. A little update on the standings right now. Sam, top of the leaderboard, 15 and 12, got the record right this week. Brendan, Sorry. right below him, 12, 14 in that pesky tie. And then me, 10 and 17. So. Again, it's not really a reigning champ. That's
1: bad. That's really bad, Mike. By the way,
3: like <laughs> it.
2: yeah, like it's not really pesky anymore. You kind of just are a little, like, Brendan's kind of clearing you pretty
3: easily. No, no, no. I started talking. terrible, but who knows? I, I don't know. know. There's some there's some weird weird chemicals in the water here in College Park. Um, does our reigning champ have to go first? Well, I actually think I've been going first a little too much lately. All right, all right. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Go well, first.
2: Yeah, we'll give you the floor. Maybe we'll switch right. up
3: the mojo. A little. Okay. Um, I've been going a lot of betting trends and statistics recently. I'm dropping all that. Forget it. Forget it. I'm just looking at the line, saying if I like it or not. We're going to start with USC plus four. I think it's a redemption game for them. They almost lost to California. They lost to Utah. I don't care. Um, I think they're going to take down Washington um I don't think Washington goes undefeated next Alabama minus three against LSU LSU is just not that good under Brian Kelly I don't think they'll ever be as good as they were under Coach o that's a tough loss for them and then Army Air Force under 31 and a half it's a service Academy game Good okay. pick
2: that the first two I think you're going oh and two on but I think I can see the last one heading uh, um don't do not take gambling advice from Michael House
3: I didn't and check the nowadays. big Mike Parlay odds for this week, but again, you can go on DraftKings fan duel, whatever you use, plug that in there with no, some money. Don't do that. Don't
2: do that. <laughs> really do not do that. Not with the way his record the record speaks for itself. Um, we'll go to our second place uh person in the standings, be whizzly.
1: This might be my most ridiculous week of picks yet. I'll add a little bit in there, Mike. Just on Washington, I almost watched Washington lose to Stanford this weekend. So I, I get where you're coming from there. Are they, uh, maybe they're frauds. Stanford doesn't football team. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they do.
3: <laughs> they practice in the library.
1: Yeah, good one. Um, okay, very odd week of picks. So I took two unders. I'm taking the Iowa Northwestern under 31, which is very low, and then I'm taking the Washington USC under 76 and a half. So. Two unders that are on completely different sides of the universe. And then... One of them. Hopefully one of them will end. Who knows? And then, for probably my most confident pick ever, I'm taking Maryland plus 10 against Penn State. Why does that make any sense? It makes (laughs) no sense. That line couldn't make less sense. Okay? Vegas knows something I don't. They're putting the line at 10? 10 points? Have they watched the last Maryland games? I don't know. Maybe something's in the gold jerseys. I don't think that's going to happen, but because it's so ridiculous, they know something I don't, I took it.
2: Lagos always knows, man. Um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to give you my pick straight up. Minnesota minus two, minus two, uh, Houston plus four, and then the LSU, Alabama over. Um, I've been on a winning way, and I really just, I kind of need someone to catch up. I'm like cruising a little bit here. I I need Brendan to get it going and uh, to really have like a three no week. So we have some comp in the standings because right now it's just kind of a coast to the final. Uh, but that was our that was our pick segment for the week. Uh, you can see the graphic on Saturday or Friday or Saturday that we'll release, um, which will have all of our picks outlined. Um, and that'll be on the under the shell social medias. So will terrific Turp and we're gonna, we're going to turn away to Brendan. Uh, for this week's, which the past two have been been pretty awesome so take it away B All
1: right, let's do it Um, Eden Kroger Burks is one of the all time greats in Maryland volleyball history so great that she is the only person in Maryland volleyball program history to make her way to the Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame Burks came to Maryland from Colorado and her recruitment for volleyball was helped by the strong Quest engineering program at the University of Maryland she played in College Park from 1994 to 1997, where she led the team to three straight NCAA second-round appearances in her sophomore, junior, and senior years. She also led the team to their first-ever back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances and was a part of three of the seven total appearances to date. The success didn't just come in the NCAA tournament, as Burks was co-captain of the 1996 and 97 teams that went undefeated in the ACC play and led to a 1996 ACC championship. In 1997, Burks was the ACC Player of the Year and earned first-team All-ACC two times in her career. Burks is the all-time leader in Maryland history with 5,259 career assists. That record seemed safe as of now, as the next closest person is over 1,000 assists away. Burks led the team in assists every individual season she was on campus. That's all for this week's show.
3: Another great, terrific turf, And like you said, the last two weeks have been bangers. If it takes the Maryland football team to not be good for these terrific turps to keep being outstanding, I'm going to take it. Like, I'll <laughs> take that any given week.
1: Thank you, Mike.
2: So, I'm taking that trade every time. Um, but you can continue to listen to all of our rants on Maryland sports, uh, especially Maryland fall sports recently um, at Under the Shell on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on social media at Under the Shell um, and keep listening keep following along on, on the socials. And, um, we appreciate all of you, uh, have fun at the game to anyone who's going on Saturday. I think it should be good fall weather. Um, so maybe Brendan's line will hit and, uh, college park will be rejoiced. So, uh, that's it for episode of under the shell presented by Testudo times. Have a good rest of your night.
0: Guess what? You've got under the shell podcast. Nobody does it better.